Hello and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we examine the trends, technologies, platforms, and industry activities related to local media revenue. I'm Rick Ducey, BIA's Managing Director, and I'm here with my colleague, Kevin Gallagher, who is an advisor to BIA on ad agencies and the local media buying ecosystem. First, a little bit about Kevin's background. Kevin has led local investment planning and activation at major media buying agencies, including Spark Publicis, Starcom, Leo Burnett. He's worked with major clients such as GM and Comcast. And Kevin's had substantial experience and expertise in identifying current trends and evolving best practices for local TV currencies, omni-channel approaches, inventory management, data attribution models, and media buying software trends. He's developed strong professional relationships with agency colleagues and management, senior level clients, trading partner sales organizations, and media management software providers. And Kevin, you've also provided thought leadership in addition to what you're doing with us, um, but also as a member of local industry committees, including the Forays, uh, the local uh, Nielsen's Local TV Alliance, the Media Ratings Council, and the TVB. Um, I think you're kind of at not only the center of where things are, but uh, at the leading edge of where things are going. So it's great to have you be available to us as an expert industry advisor to help us understand and bring to our clients your knowledge and insights about the buy side of what's happening in the local marketplace. But um, maybe, maybe Kevin, give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, if you would. Sure. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. And thanks for that great introduction. Um, as you mentioned, I spent my career on the agency side. Um, started at the Leo Burnett Company and uh, in the media department there, doing both media planning and media buying, um, and eventually kind of gravitated to the local broadcast buying side, uh, became the go-to expert uh, on retail, automotive, telco businesses that were highly local businesses. And I've uh, built a number of organizations there to service clients like General Motors, like you mentioned, um, kind of built out a spot group as Spark and MediaVest merged uh, together five or six years ago. And um, just that's kind of my specialty is the local broadcast industry. Been around it a long time and really enjoy it. You have, and and it's uh, I've really gotten um, to enjoy being able to spend more time with you. So I know one thing, and as I mentioned, that you've been active in is um, looking at where things are headed next, you know, kind of where they are headed, I guess, in their own inertia, but also maybe where they should be headed. And so what maybe we should be a little bit more active about working on. And clearly automation, um, workflow automation management, uh, in the buying and selling process of, of TV is a pretty critical area that needs improvement. And probably people don't disagree with that. Uh, but then when you get the idea of actually doing something about it, uh, then you start to hit some headwinds. So what do you, where do you think there needs to be more automation? What are we likely to see? Uh, and what kind of timeline of both the buy side and sell side for local TV buying? Sure. Yeah, I think we're at uh, kind of a, a tipping point here. The local broadcast buying. Oh, excuse me, pun intended. Said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, that. That's right. Um, it's always been a labor intensive buy sell process, uh, both on the agency side as well as on the seller side. Um, and, uh, you know, I managed, I managed these big teams with big headcount. There was pressure at an agency to streamline processes and, and minimize headcount. So it naturally kind of leads to using more software, 
um, using more automation where you can. Um, but but the reason I think the industry is right for change is it's becoming more complex. Sellers have more inventory to sell. Um, buyers are buying across channels, across different video channels. Um, so what's always been labor intensive is becoming even more labor intensive. Um, you know, there's a lot of programmatic buying going on more so on the national side, probably than on the local side. So just the ways of doing business and this manual labor intensive process that that's always existed in the industry. Um, we're at a point where I think there, there's enough going on. Um, you mentioned things like currency changes, um, you know, omni-channel approaches, all, all those things start leading towards I think everybody's kind of scratching their head right now going, we need to make this simpler for everybody on both the buying and the selling side. Right. And so some, there are some initiatives, um, some of which, or maybe all of which you've been involved with in one way or another. And I um, teased a bit about the tipping point and that being somewhat of a pun. So so the tip yeah. uh, initiative is one. Um, back in the day, the e-port, uh, maybe uh, the grandparent yeah. of some of these initiatives, Right. Uh, video is trying to do some things, uh, and there's been several different kinds of initiatives to take the priorities uh, that you were just discussing and, and try to take action, you know, put something in a marketplace that people can work. Right. From right. planning, you know, buying, activation, um, stewardship, uh, posting, attribution, performance, I mean, the, the whole part of it. Now, some of that, some of that workflow uh, we've more aggressively developed some automation solutions for, and some of that workflow is and may remain labor intensive for a while. But what, what does that landscape look like? I mean, what are the solutions out there? What, what's kind of the history that we can learn from, and what might we reasonably expect to be coming up in the near term? Yeah, sure. Uh, you mentioned eport going back, I guess, maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> I think they just celebrated a big anniversary. Um, Good for them. And, you, you know, when, when you look back at it, you know, obviously it was something that was needed to, to send orders and invoices electronically. Um, but, but really what kind of kickstarted that was uh, a buyer at a big buying agency said to the stations, if you keep sending me paper invoices, I'm going to start charging you a dollar an invoice because nice. it's too it's too labor intensive on my side to process it. Right. So, you know, th th there was something there that triggered the change. Um, you know, video going back maybe six, seven years ago, I think was ahead of its time. Um, it mm -hmm. was a platform where uh, ratings and pricing were somewhat predetermined, um, predetermined in the sense that ratings were projected by an algorithm uh, versus buyers on the agency side or a research department on the seller side, you know, needing to do the traditional hut time share equals rating projection, right? And then everybody haggled over it, which again, right. you're just spending too much time on it, right? Um, that was probably fine when primetime shows were doing 15 ratings. Um, you know, but now they're doing 1.5s and, right. and, and everything's doing 1.5, right? So um, I, I think video to some degree was ahead of its time in the, you know, starting to try and figure that out and streamline the process um, going back a few years. You know, more recently, um, TIP standards have been written. Uh, TIP is an initiative on the broadcaster side. Um, it's kind of in layman's terms, uh, make sure that sell side systems can easily talk to buy side systems. 
um, which has has been you know really a big barrier. Um, everybody's software doesn't doesn't necessarily talk the same language, and and that, that was getting in the way. Um, it was leading to errors. Um, you know, automation can help eliminate errors. Right. Um, exactly. And, and so the you know the broadcasters took the initiative to write these tip standards um, for things like trafficking, make goods, um, and those are getting adopted by a lot of the broadcast groups. That's great. So that's pretty good, satisfying progress with the tip initiative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. <clears throat> okay, so um, like you mentioned, you you kind of have spent your time in the agency side. Um, we spent a lot of our time talking on the media side. So again, it's really great to have your, your um, point of view in all of this. But with agencies, the workflow you were just outlining um, with respect to automation and some of the things that have been happening, um, programmatic um, is, is part of it, but I mean, that doesn't really address the full spectrum of need probably in buying and selling um, local TV. Um, by some measures, uh, based on our research and, and products for clients, uh, maybe um, approaching 50% of um, local TV activation is programmatic in, in one form or another, not not maybe clients sitting in front of a dashboard, but it's programmatic enabled even by the seller, say. Uh, right. There's some automated right. elements to it. Um, how do you see, I mean, in let me, I guess, frame it this way. So programmatic, um, good, bad, and different. I know um, programmatic and digital display, the early days commoditized the inventory and broadcasters right. have been desperately um, fearful that uh, agencies would therefore use that same programmatic paradigm that commoditize local TV inventory, whereas that's premium scarce kind of inventory. Um, where are we with that kind of sentiment? And then what, what can move into programmatic? What really just needs to stay probably as uh, direct selling, um, feet on the street, talking to an agency uh, right. or a client and, to make that sale? Yeah, I, th I think when we talk local broadcast buying and selling and automation, I don't think we are talking about moving it as far as programmatic um, necessarily. And I, I think, um, and I understand from the sell side, uh, the reluctance to kind of create some sort of auction and, you know, uh, driving pricing down and, and, you know, things going to the lowest bidder. They don't want to do that with their inventory. But I think, you know, the legacy spot TV process, I always like to say that it's really a three-step negotiation. There's been the negotiation of what the rating is going to be because buyers are always forecasting, trying to forecast the future and what right. audiences are going to do. And that's become much harder with, yes. with viewership moving to streaming, right? So yes. um, legacy process was negotiate the rating, then negotiate the rate. And then after the schedule ran and maybe you had some audience shortfall, negotiate for the make goods. So it was right. you know really three negotiations rolled into one. I think when we talk about more automation on the local broadcast side, we're trying to do a couple of things. Um, you know, we talked about ratings and maybe writing an algorithm that can, you know, more accurately project those ratings than even a human can at this point. Um, uh, what I'd like to see is a little bit more inventory and pricing transparency on the seller side. Um, uh, I think stations know what the price they need to get as a unit rate for their six o'clock and 11 o'clock news. I mean, that's 
pretty much a fixed thing. News is a lot of their inventory. Um, And, and, you know, that may help in the rate negotiation part, that that second negotiation. And then the third negotiation of going back and trying to recoup audience that you lost, um, what we're starting to see is um, some movement there in terms of what are being referenced as pay on delivery models or pay for performance models, where the stations are saying, if you buy my inventory at this price, I'll actually promise to deliver the audience that I as the seller am projecting. It takes the projecting off of the agency side, puts it on the the seller, and they agree to live up to it. So if you step back from it and think about those three negotiations and how to minimize those, um, and then obviously have uh, automation and technology that can uh, (laughs) trade back and forth and relay that buy information and all that buy data, um, that can get confused and errors can occur. I think that's what we really mean by automation. I think we mean streamlining, using technology more, um, more transparency in the process and some elimination of these lengthy uh, negotiations that really don't benefit buyer or seller. <clears throat> so we're not programmatic. I mean, some people fear or wonder about what that means in terms of job career displacement. But sure. I, I guess you're you're offering a reassuring perspective here that we're not headed to a moment anytime soon where it's a seller bot talking to a buyer bot. Um, right. Exactly. People are still very much part of the value-added part exactly. of this. Uh, so, so, but some things have delayed automation where we do want to see yeah. it. And, and part of it is, uh, I suppose any industry can say this, but local TV is complicated. Uh, there's national, local, regional. Um, there's franchises. Um, there's you know, common mom and pop shops. There's multi-location uh, franchises. Um, there's a whole mix of brands and then a mix of agencies, local, regional, right. national, to, to address the needs of those different kinds of businesses. That's kind of hard to automate. There's a lot of different right. business functions uh, to accommodate. Exactly. Yeah. And I I think that's um, I think there's really two big hurdles in there. Right. Um, One is the diversity of the marketplace, the bifurcation of as a station, you're trying to sell to buyers at big national agency holding companies that are probably very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Um, You're dealing with, you know, regional agencies and then dealing with, you know, maybe one location retailers that are buying media themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So um, th- those have always been three different avenues of sale for an agent, for a, a station. Um, and they've probably conducted business a little bit differently depending yeah. on the buyer that they're dealing with, right? So there they're haven't necessarily been these business rules or business standards um, like you would see in maybe the banking industry or something right, or other, right? right? Um, so that makes it hard, and that, that makes automation really hard because you 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 know you can I like to say you can't automate uh, a business where it all depends, right? You, right. Can't, you can't write <laughs> you can't write software. All it depends, right? Right. Um, but uh, you know, again, I think we're we're kind of at the point where. As there's more inventory to sell, as it's a more uh, kind of complicated sale, um, kind of to stay relevant uh, in the media mix, right? You, you look at yep. digital and a digital buyer 
knows the audience and an ad continues to get served until the audience threshold is met, right? right. Um, on the local TV side, again, you know, I mentioned we're still doing kind of this back and forth dance on both sides right. uh, to try and get back, not maybe not even to 100% of, of the agreed to audience, maybe at 95 because of right. skepticism over the uh, the audience reporting, right? Which is probably a whole nother conversation for another podcast, but right, well, um, we'll do that too then. You know, so that, so I think there's progress. I think there's been a lot of progress. I think there's an appetite on both sides. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, what's been going on with share of viewing, moving away, um, you know, maybe that makes it easier, right? Maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe there's a way uh, for stations to do business with big national agencies on an automated, you know, some type of automated process, but they still service those mom and pops directly one and one as they always have. I don't, I don't think yeah. there's a be all end all solution. Is there, let me ask um, what may be sort of an out of the box question, but with so much data, so much targeting, uh, certainly in digital, but even in linear, um, data-driven linear kind of index-based buying, if you will, with more yep. than just gender and age. Yep. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, from your experience and, and where you see things headed, um, even like a national agency servicing a national uh, brand um, can do geo-targeting. I mean, and so for right. BIA, when we forecast ad spend, we call that local. Uh, yeah. So then you have, you know, local TV groups have been massing up um, outlets in, in different markets uh, to try to get a bigger footprint. And then you've got, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, national agencies, national brands that look at national buys, but now they're able to geo-target that. Um, right. How does that come together in the future, do you think? Yeah, you know, I think um, as more data is used to make buying decisions on the national TV side, I think you're eventually going to see clients start saying, well, what about in the local TV space? How are we doing that over there, right? Um, it's just haven't gotten that deep in, into yeah. the process yet, right? Um, you know, more sophisticated clients obviously uh, have been doing that maybe for a couple of years, but yep. um, I think agencies are going to start getting pushed um, and local broadcasters are going to start getting pushed on how are we using data in the buying process? How are we doing some type of attribution on the back end? Right. Um, and it's it's going to be, I think, driven by pressure from clients to do that. So Probably you can't have local TV be this outlier, right? right. It, it, it was the outlier on the whole conversation around impressions, and we finally got yes. to impressions, right? But um, uh, I think there'll be some momentum and some some push there from the client side. Yep. Does like seem like very prescient words, and I think we're already starting to see that underway, that transition. Well, this has been great, Kevin. I really appreciate spending time with you um, on this podcast and in general. Um, any other parting thoughts you wanted to offer? We will be doing more podcasts, I suspect, but uh, anything you'd like to end with? Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's been some talk in the industry for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the airline model analogy has been mm. kicked around for a long time, right? right. Of, um, you know, could there be some version of that where there's inventory and price transparency? And and maybe it's not on all inventory, right? Um, maybe it's on some inventory. Uh, um, and maybe it's baby steps, right? I, I don't think anyone can throw a switch and, and make the local buy-sell process more automated 
um, overnight. It's obviously going to take some time. Maybe it's testing. Maybe it's doing it in certain day parts and seeing right. what the benefits are on both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think there's lessons, good lessons, lessons that are good for local TV to look at uh, from from digital and programmatic, <clears throat> the private marketplace concept. Excuse me, <clears throat> that we're seeing. Um, some of those things can translate, you know, hopefully successfully into local TV as it moves forward. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, Kevin, um, really interesting uh, insights and great perspective. Thank you so much. Um, all of us at BIA are so pleased to have you join our team and, and we look forward to working with you going forward. Um, to our audience, thank you for being here with us today. I appreciate your uh, participation. And please, if you have suggestions for ideas, questions, um, speakers, we'd, we'd love to get that. Please do check out our website, www.bia.com. Uh, where you'll get um, notice of events like this, webinars, um, complimentary reports, and other things that we're doing that um, we'd love to share with the industry. And we also have a free daily newsletter that's uh, very well curated to cover the local media space. So we invite you to go to our website and sign up for that. Um, but on behalf of uh, myself and the team at BIA, thank you again, Kevin. Thank you again, audience. And I hope everybody has safe, happy, and prosperous holidays. <laughs>